the mystery of flight 828 has been revealed and the death date has passed yes sports fans the netflix series manifest has come to an end and tonight my friend jermaine from the band tricord is going to join me and we're going to give you more than just a recap of the show and the last season we are going to take a look a very close look at the prophetic thread that runs through the entire netflix series manifest hey if you've watched the show and you've got some insights go ahead and weigh in the comment lines are open and we're ready to have a deep deep discussion we're going to chop some spiritual broccoli tonight Jermaine, it is so good to have you on. Let me get you up here. It's been a while since I've been touching the controls. It's so good to see you, brother. Oh, let me get him on here. We are there. There we go. There you go, Jermaine. How you doing tonight? Good, man. Can't complain. It's so good to have you on, man. It was uh, it was a challenge getting everything up here. And for those that have been with us for quite some time, I'm in a brand new studio, a hundred miles away from where it was. And the last time I saw my friend Jermaine was at Get Revelation Rockfest. And hey, if you're joining us for the first time, yeah, Rockfest, we get it. Hey, I got my uh, Get Revelation Rockfest coffee mug here. And you can go ahead and take a look at the edition of Raven's Heart that we did about Get Revelation Rockfest. And you'll see Jermaine in every band that was on stage. How he pulled that off? I don't know. How'd you do that? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I couldn't believe it. it was Ziggy reached out to me like the week before about filling in on a couple of songs on bass. Uh, TLT asked me like the night before. And uh, and it's always so fun. Uh, anytime we get with Red Letter Rising, uh, David always lets me do uh, Mickey's part on um, Truth From Lies. And it's so fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. But after we did get Revelation Rock Fest, the Netflix series Manifest came to an end and this is a series the reason why i have jermaine on with me is not only does he do great breakdowns with me but he's the one that turned me on to the series he's like dude you need to watch this series so for those of our viewers and listeners that are with us that have not experienced and it's an experience experience manifest can you give us a brief synopsis of the of the plot of this series yeah so sure Okay, so Manifest is a show about these passengers on flight 828 who um, were heading back home from a vacation. And upon arrival, they discovered that five and a half years had passed and there was no trace of the the passengers or the plane or what uh, was going on. And so the passengers start experiencing these voices and visions known as callings and the the passengers must figure out what the callings mean uh, in order to figure out what happened to them. That's just the quickest overview of it. You know, that, that is a really good synopsis. I didn't realize this, that the show didn't start on Netflix, but it started on NBC back in 2018 and ran for three seasons. And then, well, as we're going to talk about tonight, you'll probably see why it was canceled off of NBC. But I just <laughs> love the I, I love the title of Manifest. And hey, go ahead and join our chat. Hey, and I also want to bring up to your attention, if you join the chat, take a look down there. And we are now a monetized channel, which is very rare for what we're doing. 
And you can go ahead in the super chat and contribute to Raven's Heart and Lithos Cry to keep the lights on in the studio. So go ahead and do that. But manifest the name manifests itself, brother. It's both a noun and it's a verb. The noun, of course, is the list of uh, passengers on the different aircraft and their ticket numbers. And that's what we saw in the show. But it also means to make evident. And I did some digging in scripture, of course, and that's what we're going to do tonight is dig a little bit. And the Apostle Paul actually uses the word manifest in 1 Corinthians chapters 12, uh, verses 6 through 12, and he uses it to describe the manifestation, get this, brother, manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, what can I say? And that's really what the show is about. And he talks about the diversity of gifts all coming from the same God and how all of these gifts come together and manifest so that we can see God in the earth. Uh, he makes that very clear. And the word that he uses for manifest is phanerosis. Uh, man, getting this edition on tonight was a pain in the phanerosis uh, with, with internet <laughs> issues and you getting here. We're not being sacrilegious. It's a Greek word, which means an exhibition. You know, I love it when preachers will say, well, God will never put on an exhibition. He'll never do that. Well, yeah, he does. Uh, it's in, hey, thank you for the like right there, the heart that's up there. We love you, too. Thank you for joining us. But it means a uh, ex- exhibition expression or a bestowment. Uh, so, you know, the Apostle Paul uses that word manifest. It's used in Scripture. And I've heard a lot of teaching today. Oh, you know, God doesn't manifest and all that's a bunch of New Age hooey and all that stuff. No, it's it, it's there in the Bible. But let's go back to the verse that this is about uh, with Flight 828. Uh, the core verse of the TV series Manifest and where they get the number for the flight from is Romans 8, verse 28. And they actually quote this verse where it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, uh, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, when you watch this show, uh, it's not always good. It's not always good at all. Manifest. Nakia says, love that show. Thanks, son, for putting me on. <laughs> <laughs> I got everybody on that show. <laughs> you do. That's, that's awesome. I, I, got, I got hooked to it. But, you know, when you watch the series and it says, you know, all things work together for good them that, them that love God and are called according to his purpose, the life of the, these people who are getting these callings was an absolute hell and train wreck. I, it was not like, hey, this is awesome, you know, I'm going to get all this money and everything like that. What were some insights about this verse, Jermaine, that you got from watching this show and what these people went through? Okay, so uh, first off, I was so intrigued. The thing that probably captivated, like I watched the preview and the preview caught my attention. I was like, dang, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good show. But when I found out like the heart of the verse uh it it really set me off uh with like wow this is going to be dope even different than i thought so something really cool that i like explain to people about this verse you know the verse the verse talks about um uh all things working together for the good of those who love god and are called according to purpose our definition of goodness and god's definition of goodness are completely two different things (laughs) Um, we consider goodness being like something that's tasteful or something that, uh, just appears of light and, and things of that nature. But God's definition of goodness is a pruning process. (laughs) It sucks. It hurts. 
Um, <laughs> it, it's not it's not a pleasant thing all the time, and and I think that a lot of people get thrown off by God or thrown off by you know walking in deep relationship with the Lord because they they can't comprehend the fact that these things that are happening to us are set up so that we can become stronger and better and more resilient and to become everything that we were called to be. We all were created for with, for a purpose and we were all created uh, to do something excellent in here in the earth. And so uh, uh, people might not consider um, someone dying or losing their job or, or, uh, or getting a divorce or something like that to be good. Of course, those are, are horrible things that happen, but usually if we usually by the end of it, there's something amazing that happens. And that's just how the callings work. Uh, the callings worked in the same exact thing. And I, I was reminded of a, a verse, uh, James one count it all joy when we go into uh, various trials. So trials and tribulations, the, as that verse continues, it says it, it produces patience and perseverance and other things. It builds character. So going through understanding God's goodness builds is to understand the character that is being developed in you. And so as you watch this show, you begin to see like when they get these callings, crap goes south real fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but, but if they, they're supposed to do and follow the calling, no matter how grim or bad it seems at, We're we're losing Jermaine a little bit. Oh, just stand by. A little connected. There's there. always a Can you hear me? Oh, uh, we're okay. losing you just a little bit. It says in Isaiah, you know, God creates beauty from ashes. Yeah, oh. he does. Oh. He does. Can you hear me now? And we'll, yeah, we got you. We got you back. Oh, we lost Jermaine. We were we were on a roll there. Oh, he's coming back in. So while we wait for that internet connection to, to buffer back <laughs> Can you hear up me? again, uh, yeah, we got you. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, man. Um, yeah, we got you. All right. So as I was saying, you know, the hardships in life, the things that we go through, are all set up to produce fruit. Is to prune things off of us that aren't good for us or aren't good to us so that we can experience the fullness of God in his goodness. So that's what all the passengers experience by doing the callings for the ones that do do the callings. Not all of them do it. Yeah, not, not all of them did. And, you know, really taking a look at this verse, it made me consider it even more. You have to go back and you have to read it very, very carefully uh, because we've westernized it that, hey, God's going to work everything for my good. In this verse, it doesn't say anything about my personal good. It just says that he works to get, works things together for good to them that love God. It's a greater good. It's a good beyond our immediate circumstances or our immediate things that our lizard brain wants to you know, latch on to like, oh, wealth, ooh, food, ooh, money, ooh, girls, or, you know, guys, ooh, this, this, I got to have this and I got to have that. Right. And the other thing, too, about it, there's a qualifier for these things to work together is that you have to love God, but you also have to be called according to his purpose. Now, I'm not going to get into the theological debate about all that <laughs> stuff, but basically what it means is you need to be in alignment 
with God. And if you've yep. ever been to a chiropractor to get an alignment, it hurts. And I really believe that's what we saw with these passengers on flight 828 in the, in the Netflix series is they were going through all of this trial and tribulation for a greater good, which was really, it had an impact on the entire world, what they did to move past the death date. I mean, we could just sit and talk about that all day in I scripture, know, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just huge. Uh, but you make a very good point that these things that, you know, we think good is automatically going to be, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, I, I've hit the best life ever that I've ever had. And it's just going to be roses from here when it's a pruning process. When you go through that, when mm -hmm. you answer the callings, I can speak from experience yeah. to that because I'd answered a calling to move away from Charleston, South Carolina. And it has been nothing but a pruning process and the word for the night, a pain in the phanerosis uh, <laughs> to, to, to get up here <laughs> and do that. So let's talk about how the 828ers like Michaela Stone and Ben Stone and Cal Stone, how they got these callings it really mirrored a lot to me how God speaks to us prophetically. Mm -hmm. What were some insights that you got about the prophetic realm from watching this TV series? Um, it, it was super cool, man. I like how they like refer to, uh, you know, the, the deepest part of the callings as the divine consciousness. Mm -hmm. And there's something that I'm working on, uh, called, uh, a little project I'm working on right now. And it's called, uh, I call it God nature mode. And so, what God nature mode is supposed to be is when we tap into the very nature of God and all that Holy Spirit has for us and and being able to uh, move the Holy Spirit, be empowered through the grace of Holy Spirit and things of that nature. So um, the callings were super unique to me because it uh, that's exactly what Holy Spirit does for those of us who are believers and have Holy Spirit dwelled with us is um, Holy Spirit's a comfort and a guide. And a lot of times with these callings, it was a guide. It was exactly that, a comfort yet a guide. They found comfort in following the callings and they were also guided by the callings to be able to do it because without the callings, they weren't able to intervene in someone else's life to be able to help that person or those people or save those people and stuff like that. And I think that... Um, that's exactly how we're supposed to be in tune with Holy Spirit. Um, the cool part about this show to me with that is at the beginning, it's just like most people, they, they have a very fickle faith. But the deeper that they die in the relationship with, with the Lord, Holy Spirit begins to, uh, their faith strengthens. So throughout the whole entire series, um, you know, you see Ben towards the end, like where he uh, has a moment of because of all the tragedy that happened at once for him um, where he just has a, a moment of doubt, like doubting his faith and doubting God yeah. and the callings and stuff. And that was supposed to be the representation of that. Um, but for the most part, they all, their faith, the callings by them following the callings, their faith was deepened in the callings and in, uh, in what they were supposed to do. They began to understand the callings a lot better. The more that they, invested in the callings. And that's the same thing with us. The more that we invest our in time in relationship with the Lord and in our relationship with Jesus, 
Holy Spirit begins to show us and reveal us more and more and more and more. And he will eventually just lead us. Like, I got a cool story. Um, so uh, a cool example of like my own calling experience. <laughs> I was in Walmart one morning and I was in a bit of a rush. I was in a like a whole nother town from my home doing some work. And I was like, man, I got to get this done. I got there really early. I couldn't get into the place. So I went to the store to go get some stuff that I needed. And I ran into this lady and, uh, and, you know, I smiled at her way better and kept going about my day. But I felt like Holy Spirit was telling me to go speak to this woman and speak a very specific word to her. And uh, because originally I wasn't even supposed to be at Walmart right now. <laughs> I was supposed to be working. <laughs> And for whatever reason, the people weren't letting me come into the, the place to do my job and stuff at the moment. Um, so I get there. I'm nervous. I'm like, crap, I'm not I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want this lady to feel like I'm just like some weirdo or something. But the urge just kept pushing me, just like uh, Michaela's first calling when uh, it was like, let them go. And yes. she was nagging <laughs> until she went to do yeah. it. That's how it was for me. It was just like, go say it, go say it. And so like, I eventually ran into the woman again. Uh, and, and I just said everything that I felt Holy Spirit told me to say to her, that the Lord told me to say to, uh, to say to her, and that woman broke. And that woman, that woman just wow. embraced me in a hug and I got to pray for her. And I, saved her life pretty much. I might've saved her life that day. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't, I, you could just tell that no one had ever, ever even said anything like that. She might've been praying for an encounter like that. And, and I was an answer to prayer, but had I not been obedient to my calling, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to, to have whatever that lady needed to have happen. Yeah. And that's how we're <laughs> supposed to operate. You just brought up a really good point about the obedience factor to the calling, because <laughs> these callings for the 828ers and Manifest were not for their entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, it was not really even for them. I mean, their faith grew in the callings that they were receiving, but it was to help other people. And that's what these gifts of the Spirit are. Somehow in Western churchianity, we've gotten into this mindset that, Ooh, the gifts of the spirit, that's to entertain me and to please me. But there's that point of obedience. Right. You have to obey and die to yourself. And there was a lot of death to self among the 828ers that were obedient to the calling. They, they risked their lives. And most of them that were obedient uh, wound up in prison pretty quick. And then the rest of them were soon to follow <laughs> because the authorities were not too pleased with this power that they were demonstrating. And boy, that does that preach today? All right. What. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what I call a book of Acts church because that's what happened in the book of Acts. Everybody was in amazement at what the apostles were doing on Solomon's porch. And then the authorities got a little bit upset <laughs> with uh, what they were doing and, and had to bring a stop to it. The other thing that you brought up was Michaela's first calling. I want to talk about that because with that first calling she received, she didn't get it right. Can you tell us how she misinterpreted that calling, Jermaine? Yeah, she, um, so it's the, like literally the very first episode, very first or second episode. So with the callings, uh -oh, my dog is a calling. There, <laughs> yes, my dog is making a call right now. So with the very first calling, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
So we got a comment from Thomas Johnson while we uh, hear the, and we're about to talk about the dogs that Michaela was uh, involved with. Yeah, that was so ironic. (laughs) It is, but Thomas Johnson says, you have been a big part of our youth ministry with the Worthy Youth Retreat and Strong and Courageous Ministries, Jermaine. Love you, Thomas. (laughs) Anyways, since my dog's barking, So Michaela's first uh, calling had something to do with dogs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And she misinterpreted. uh, She got the place right where she needed to go, but she misinterpreted it as she was just supposed to let these dogs go. uh, And which was terrifying because they were guard dogs and they could have ripped her to shreds easily. But the dogs ran and she stopped hearing the callings after that for that same uh, for that calling. But then uh, upon some other research that she was doing with her job and all, she ended up having that calling again. And she was confused, like, oh, my God, why is this calling happening? I thought I got it right. And, and lo and behold, as the story progressed, she ends up having the calling again when she goes back to the place. And it's stronger than it was, especially when she gets to a certain place, come to find out it wasn't she was supposed to let go the dogs. She was supposed to let go the people that were being trafficked uh, trafficked in that uh, in that place, and so it was super cool. Like it was just a cool moment. <laughs> it, it was, and it goes back to what you were saying about when you first start to receive callings like that. We talked about the obedience part, but a lot of times, and I noticed this even with with myself when the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, I think, "Oh yeah, I've got it. This is exactly what I need to do. It's this." But it's not. But I took that step of obedience, and it's learning to tune your ear more. Sometimes you don't mm-hmm. get it right right away. It, it takes practice to learn what the callings are. And one of the things that I really like about this is, you know, really the book of Corinthians. Yes, Romans 8 to 8, but really this this whole series zeroes in on the book of Corinthians and Paul, Paul's letter to the church of Corinth, where it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, at verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And it took everybody from that flight that was obedient to the callings to come together to interpret what was going on. It just wasn't a one-man show. Right. It took everybody's collective effort to put together the pieces of the calling that they got. Uh, we know in part, we prophesy in part. God gives a little bit of the prophecy to everybody, and then it all comes together. That's why there's so many prophetic voices in the world today. It's like, oh, no, not another prophet. Yeah, some of them are kind of out there talking about stuff that's got nothing to do with God at all. But all of those pieces and parts, you have to put them together. And the reason for that, again, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, at verse 12, Paul wrote, for, we, for now we see through a glass darkly. So we're trying to look through this. We just have this very muddled image because we're in this fallen state. So we need each other to put these callings together. And one of the things that I found interesting was Cal's calling, the way that he got callings and the way that he saw things. Uh, Can you share with us Cal Stone, Ben Stone's son, the youngest one that was on flight 828 who had cancer? And uh, was healed of the cancer, uh, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But how did Cal, Cal receive his callings, Jermaine? Cal, uh, Cal when uh, spoiler alert, when he was younger, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, when he was younger, Cal, he drew the pictures to the exact like 
to the exact T of where where they needed to go, what needed to happen, the people they would encounter. Um, some of the callings, he wasn't completely sure uh, of like faces and stuff, but he could make out figures and it was enough for them to be able to kind of follow the call. It's actually Cal's drawings and Cal getting, uh, being, uh, drawing the, the callings the way he did, he knew way before even certain things were to happen that they were going to happen. And it led them because of him being so like advanced in following his former callings, it, it helped them out with even finding Cal when he was missing, being able to figure out other callings that they needed to figure out when Cal wasn't around to do so, uh, to lead them or show them. Uh, Cal was cool, man. His, his, his powers were super unique to me. I loved Cal. They were. And it really highlighted the point that the prophetic can be expressed through the art. And I want to share something with some people because this is not something that it's, it's actually something that I've personally experienced on several different occasions. Uh, one of them was just a few years ago. I came home from my work and my daughter was doing some drawings and I was like, who's this person that you're drawing? And I knew exactly who it was. And it was somebody that I had been praying for for years. Uh, mm -hmm. And she drew another drawing, somebody that I had been praying for for years. And she didn't know who these people were. She never seen them. I have those pictures and we're still praying over them. But uh, this is not my first ministry radio rodeo. I'm going to show you a picture. There we go. Okay. I wrote a journal back in 1999. This was a little self-published thing that I did. And I had a friend who did the artwork for me. I said, you know what I want on this on this journal? I want the World Trade Center in flames. All right. So I sent him away. He got his coloring kit out and everything. And if you take a look to the right hand side, whatever way you're looking at your computer screen, where the World Trade Center is, prophetically, he drew out 9-11. Um, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't tell him where to put anything. Now, yeah, of course, there was a truck bombing in 1993, but that was at the base of the World Trade Center. So right. when I commissioned this, I just had this. I was like, World Trade Center, we need to do something with the World Trade Center. And he drew that out. Now, no, uh, I did not cause the terrorist attacks by drawing that. <laughs> Okay, I, I did not do that. And, you know, when you go into and you watch Manifest, people start thinking that the A28ers are the ones that are bringing all these bad things upon them that they're get, receiving the callings about. And that's mm -hmm. really where we're going to go with the church in uh, in the world in the next few years. As the world continues to get crazier and crazier, they're going to blame it on all the prophets. It's like, well, you did this because you, because you talked about it. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, one of the things that I found interesting was the names of the characters throughout the uh, throughout the series, and I did a little bit of a deep dive on that because some of the names were, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense, and then other names you had to really kind of dig in. And some of them, when I was doing the deep dive, I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, here we right. go. So I'm going to give you the manifest name breakdown. And uh, Jermaine, you can weigh in on this, and our, our viewers and our listeners can weigh in on this as well in, in, on the comment line. So the primary characters are Ben and Michaela Stone. Mm -hmm. They are brother and sister. Right. Well, just the last name, Stone, we who are believers, who are obedient to God's callings through the Holy Spirit, Peter refers to in 2 Peter chapter 4, verse 5, as stones, stones. living stones that are oriented on the chief cornerstone, who is 
Jesus. So just in the last name. So then you have Ben. Ben is Hebrew. It means son, son of stone, son of the chief cornerstone. And all of us who are believers, who have been born again, are sons of God. We have been made sons, adopted sons. Michaela, awesome name. Uh, that's also a Hebrew name. It's a feminine version of Michael, which means one who resembles God, like Michael the archangel. Right. Now, where it gets a little bit more fascinating is Ben has a wife and a daughter. His, his wife's name is Grace. Mm -hmm. In Greek, that's Cherise. And then his daughter's name is Olive. Mm -hmm. Well, Ben was surrounded by Grace, and Olive, the olive branch, represents peace. Right. So Ben was surrounded by grace and grace peace. And, and peace. here we go to yeah, here we go to First Corinthians again. <laughs> grace unto you and peace from our God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know, spoiler alert, everybody, they had a daughter named Eden. They were trying to recreate Eden. What are we trying to do in this life? And where are we trying to get? But then later on down the road in the series, Eden is lost. <laughs> so they're trying to find Eden. Now, get this, Jermaine, and I don't want to talk about her too much because her character bothered me because I know too many people like her, that uh, that wily Angelina was the one who hijacked Eden. I can't stand Angelina. <laughs> <laughs> they even had the dress down to the T with That's that. That's crazy. Now you have Calstone, the son that we were just talking about, this is actually a Hebrew name as well, and it's a variation of the name Caleb. And Caleb was one of the faithful men who spied out Israel with Joshua and did not doubt that Israel could enter into the promised land. You also have Jared, the other detective with NYPD. Guess what? That's a Hebrew name as well. And Nakia says, nice breakdown of the names. We're going to keep going, Nakia. Um, Jared means commanding. One with authority. And if you Man. watch Jared, yeah. That's, so, <laughs> that's so crazy. That, he's just the even keel cop the whole way through, you know. Yep. And uh, it took him time to, to understand the callings. Now, the one that I really enjoy the most is Zeke. Oh, Zeke was my favorite man. <laughs> Zeke, he was, Jermaine, can you tell us a little, give us a little bit of background on the character Zeke before we get into the name? Zeke uh, had an experience like the 828ers. As a matter of fact, it was Cal who found Zeke. And I'm not going to go spoil how Zeke was, because that that's still mind-blowing to me. Of <laughs> Just like how even, oh, it's just mind-blowing. It, uh, But anyways, Zeke's character... Uh, um, he was a, uh, becomes a empath, and literally Zeke is was the most tender and loving and supportive character in the whole entire show. Zeke was Zeke was my favorite. <laughs> oh my god, man! I kind of I won't say what happened, but I just it, it jacked me up. I was like Zeke. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, Zeke, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's the best character. <laughs> yeah. 
So the name, you know, the whole time I'm watching it, when I see Zeke and I hear the name, I keep thinking of the bully on the courtyard in high school that'd be out there playing hacky sack and smoking cigarettes. You know, the kind of the name Zeke. Right. So I did the dive into the name and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Zeke is also a Hebrew name, which is a variation of Ezekiel. That's where the name Zeke comes from. And that means, and we're not going to tell you how it's done, but it literally means God strengthens. No. Yes. No. (laughs) No way, man. Yes. How about that, dude? Yeah, absolutely crazy. The other thing that I found really interesting is that the two, you know, all of this really kind of focused around two police officers. Right, Michaela and uh, Jared. Michaela and Jared, NYPD. And uh, I really, I thought that was cool. And they did that really well. And uh, the key is saying, no, Zeke. Oh, (laughs) I I took that down quick. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we're about to give a whole spoiler right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a good time tonight. But the thing is, you know, cops and ministers, um, they're wired very similarly. Uh, they're always looking out for the protection of the flock. They're looking for those wolves that are coming in to protect them. And uh, to, oh, my bad. <laughs> That's okay, Nikia. <laughs> we're glad we're, you're, you're enjoying the live stream tonight. Uh, and the thing about being detectives is they're looking for the evidence. They're looking for clues and yeah, that's really what we're doing as believers as we're following Holy Spirit, walking step by step in the steps that God has ordered before us. We're looking mm-hmm. for those clues for what God has called us and what he wants us to do. So I thought that was really cool how they got that in there. And it's like, you know, this guy really knows what he's writing about in cop world. And I oh, took yeah. a look and it was Jeff Rake who wrote it. He wrote uh, Boston Legal as well. So it was it was really neat. The season finale, let's get there before we close out for the evening. Dude, did it meet your expectations? And what were some of the spiritual truths you took away from season four of Manifest? Okay. Um, Sorry, my dog's barking again. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so meeting my expectations, dude, honestly, it completely... I can't really say I saw that happen in the way that it did. Um, I was, it leaves you in suspense, like the whole entire time. You you really think you've got it figured out and then it'll hit a left field. Like, cause that whole show, it does that to you. Every time you think you got it figured out with stuff, it'll throw some kind of wrenching at wrench at you and completely derail your uh, level of thinking. That's why it's so in, like suspenseful the whole time. And at the end, it was the same as that way. It just, it was changing constantly. You were just like, man, what the heck's going to happen? Like, yes. <laughs> you think you're figuring it out. And then, and then when it happens, when it happens, like the way that it ends, I was just like, wow, they could not have ended that any better. Like I, it just, Wow, I won't say nothing. I'm trying not to spoil it. it was just, but yeah, it uh, it it lived up to the whole entire hype. It wasn't like a lost situation. If you ever watched the show Lost, um, I thought that's what we were kind of about to get, and uh, which wasn't it, it wouldn't have been a bad ending, but it just would have been an ending to make you ask more questions, like Lost did. Um, but it was, it just ended. It was beautiful, man. It's just yeah. the way it ended. And um, 
because you just don't you don't see it coming that way. And yeah, but the cool part about it, um, I hope I don't step on your notes right here. No, <laughs> go right ahead, man. I, I left yeah. it wide open. So the, <laughs> the coolest part about that is the last judgment. Yes. And it made me go like because even though you like kind of start despising certain characters, uh even then at the final judgment, you're like, please, like just humble yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Get on, a grip. <laughs> and and some of them, some of them did, like Adrian. He humbled himself. Yeah, man. Yep. Uh Adrian and Egan. And yes. like, yep, Adrian and Egan, man. That that was that was dope. Like the, the way they because they protected each other, man. They did. And they helped each other. Man, it was, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And Nakia says a perfect ending to the show. You know, Egan, the scoundrel he was, he was what you would call a lovable scoundrel. Yeah, he is the whole time. You're like, dang, gummit, Egan. Like, you get on my nerves, but I love you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Angelina. My skin would crawl every time she'd come back. Every time. Be like, they, they captured that so very, very well. And you're talking about the judgment, the final judgment at the end of this show, this series. And it goes back to what's written in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible does talk about a death date. Mm -hmm. And now we're not going to sit here and try to predict the end of the world. Uh, we, we, we're not going to do that. But it says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And that's what we saw so very clear in the at the end of this series entitled Manifest. Yeah. We saw that. And one of the things that I found very interesting is that the judgment started with those who were following the calling obediently. Those mm -hmm. who were called. And the whole time I'm sitting there watching this, I'm like, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. It started with uh, Ben and Cal and all of those yeah. that were on A28, and then it went out to the others. And it just also goes to show that the church, you know, and Jesus said it would be this way. It's a mixed multitude. You got the wheat and the tares, and they're all growing together. So you would think that, oh, everybody on A28 who's receiving the callings, well, you know, they're going to make it. No, they're not. And the Bible even tells us that there's going to be many that stand before the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name and cast out demons. And he says, I, I'm, who are you? Uh, I, I don't know who you are. And just the reality of that, it really drove it home. And the thing that I found so fascinating about it, and we're not going to spoil the way that it completely ends, but the thing that I found fascinating was that the way the, the stories unfolded, it was very realistic. It was very real life. Everything yeah, was just kind of like... Hey, this is this is us just doing life and we're receiving these callings. And then when it ends, it just gets so surreal. But really, when you take a look at it, that's the way it's going to be for all of us and eventually the whole world. We're just kind of going about our lives. And then the, in the next moment, we're in another dimension face to face with Jesus. And hopefully, yeah, it, there's going to be a judgment, and hopefully you're going to be yeah. in the better dimension than the 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 upper dimension rather than the lower dimension. And I just <laughs> love that <laughs> how uh, you're not going to you know we won't spoil anymore. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard. Not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one moment you could be sitting eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, 
And then two minutes later, because it is your appointment, it is your appointed time. You're going to be gone. You're, you're, you know, you're going to be in that other dimension. It's going to go some from something that's very tangible to you that you feel and sense to a whole nother whole nother world. And that's one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about the series. However, I do have to bring some things up and I want your insights on this, Jermaine. Okay. Um, there's a lot of prophetic uh, biblical truth in Manifest, but it's not a Christian television series. And as you're watching it, yes, there are some references to the occult, um, the other end of the prophetic that are in there. And there's mm -hmm things in there it's like yeah you know i i don't condone that but the overall series i get where you're going with it why do you think even with the occult references in it and the the behaviors in it that are not biblically condoned why do you think a christian should watch this tv series even though it's not a christian television series uh my personal experience like i mentioned earlier like with watching the show the Within the first two episodes, two, three episodes, maybe, I just literally just kept saying to my wife, especially even as the show progressed, I was like, babe, there are so many like biblical and spiritual like nuggets in this thing that that like you can just really grasp and hold on to. But yeah, like you said, like there's a lot of things in it that I'm just like, eh, I don't really vibe on that. But uh the just as a whole, the show as a whole, minus those you know, occult things and those things that we just don't agree with. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of spiritual nuggets in it that'll make you go like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, okay, so this is exactly, it, it literally kind of, it, it, it kind of in a very realistic, like real life, modern life way teaches you how to kind of like listen and be obedient to Holy yes. Spirit because that's literally like what they're pretty much doing in the show is being obedient to it. So like, uh, yeah, it's not a Christian show and stuff like that, but there's a lot of biblical nuggets and biblical tr uh, things that you can cling to to like really help. There's a lot of things in that show that made me go like, dang, um, man, I really need to press in a little harder and a little more and, and stuff. And you can see the show on Netflix Yes, our brother Will is weighing in from uh, all the way down in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> I, can, I can say that down in Charleston. <laughs> Will, thank you for joining the uh, the live stream this evening. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix, and I like what you're saying, Jermaine. Is you can't throw the baby out with the bathwash. And there's the key in Netflix. Check it out, Will. Once you start, you won't be able to stop. I mean, we just binged yeah. this thing like crazy. Binged the mess out of it. Totally. And you know, I, I do have to do this because before we talk more about the mixture that's in the show is the show definitely gets amy's paw of <laughs> approval because, because when deb and i would turn it on she would hop right up in the middle of us and it would be amy pet time during every episode of <laughs> manifest so she thoroughly enjoyed the show and uh going back to the mixture that you were talking about yeah there, there's a cult in it there's different things but you know it, the occult never overshadows um Oh, there's Billy. This is interesting. Aliens are not here to save humanity. Aliens are of the watchers, fallen angels, Nephilim, spirits, created bodies. That's why they are taking people and doing experiments, taking reproductive parts. We can talk about that on another edition. Thank you for weighing in, Billy. But yes, I actually agree with you about that. And we can talk about that 
at a later time, uh, especially with what happened. Oh my gosh, speaking, yeah. speaking of that, my wife literally was uh, showing me some stuff about that. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's some intense stuff. Yes, it some is. Some really intense stuff, man. It is. Oh my it, God. It's very, very intense stuff, especially with what happened in Nevada uh, uh-huh. back in April and May. And uh, we're getting closer and closer. The Bible says that it's going to be like the days of Noah when Jesus returns. And during the days of Noah, the giants, the Nephilim, they walked the earth. And uh, basically, it's a war of seed. It's Satan's seed and Mm -hmm. and our seed and and godly seed. So, uh, Billy, yes, thank you for joining us. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that because that's the type of things that we talk about on Raven's Heart. Plus, we get into really good music as well. But going into the mixture, and Billy, you might you might appreciate this, um, you know. And thinking about that, yeah, there's occult stuff in there, but it never really overshadows the way that God really works. It's just kind of like they, they kind of weave it in there a little bit. It's not like this big thing that it is. But I, I do have to say this: when we go back and we take a look at the birth of Jesus, and uh, we take a look at um, you know the first people that came to. Uh, see him when he was about two years old. They were the three wise men who came out of the Babylonian mystery Zoroastrian uh, type religion. So they were a bunch of occultists and they knew very well where they were going uh, to meet the risen king. So you do have to understand that even though people are in the occult, uh, their antenna are just kind of bent a little bit differently in the wrong way. Um, they are into the spiritual realm, but uh, it just needs to be bent the right way. And a lot of them, what happens when you're kind of zooming around in that territory, you are going to come face to face with Jesus eventually. So, you know, oh, Jermaine, I lost you. Uh, can you unmute? There you go. Dogs I got you, right? Sorry, dogs, oh, barking. dogs, dogs <laughs> barking. <laughs> and uh, William says, that's some interesting things. Makes you wonder what books have been kept out of the Bible that may have needed to be there. But those in charge back then kept those books out to meet their greedy agendas. Yeah, there is there is some of that. Um, I do believe, though, that God has given us what we have now is sufficient uh, for what we need to what we need to know and how he wants to reveal himself to us. And, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, if you take a look, the book of Jasher, which is actually referred to in the scripture, the book of Enoch is referred to, and Jesus spoke of it several times in scripture. Those are all things that we need to need to consider, not necessarily yep. as, in, in you know, uh, God inspired, but things to refer to uh, as references. And if you read the book of Jasher, uh, we are right now back, uh, it talks a lot about the days of Noah where they were, Um, mixing DNA and doing hybrid experiments back then. The people that lived back then were not as dumb as we think they are. Uh, We've just been kind of taught that through history and the people that kind of control what we learn and and, and what we know. So you got to go back and take a look at that stuff. And yeah, we're kind of right, right back there right now. So really for you, Jermaine, and and it's a lot like for me as well, when I watch it, I was like, this is really kind of showing me how to be more obedient to God when he speaks. Uh, to be in tune with what he's saying, because God is speaking every day. One of the things I did find interesting, though, was Cal when he could not get to callings at the end. Yes. Can you can you talk a little bit about that before we close out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, call uh, Cal loosened the callings for a little bit. Uh, to me, that was kind of like a lot of people talk about seasons that they go through. 
and um, where they feel like they're pressing into God and stuff like that, but they're not hearing from God. And uh, so it was really interesting to me to see that. And it was even cooler to see how he was able to press in to uh, end up getting the, uh, the, um, the callings and all. Yeah. He had to press in harder. And then when it just stopped for him, everybody else came around him with the rest of the pieces to the puzzle. Yep. And it's amazing how God in our lives as believers does that so that we don't get this Messiah complex where, Hey, I've got all the answers. We're just vessels. That yep. That's it. And we have to work together as one collective body. Jermaine, any other thoughts on the Netflix series manifest before we close out tonight? Uh, definitely. It's a, it's an absolute must watch. I, <laughs> I have turned a lot of people onto the show. <laughs> It's, it's an absolute must watch. Obviously, you know, uh, watch it knowing that it has very universalistic uh, things in it and um, and watch it knowing that the nuggets, the spiritual nuggets you need to get out of it. Make sure you pay attention to it because this show forces you to have to pay attention because if you like just glimpse away for just a moment, you'll miss something so significant and so important. It's a, it's a show. It, it literally is like almost like a, a training show to, <laughs> in my opinion, to, to the spiritual realm. And uh, a lot of people, I think believers, we, we really miss out a lot of the Western church. Mostly um, we really miss out on the spiritual depth of, of, of our of, of this walk with Christ. It's more than just praying and praying saying that you believe in Jesus. It goes way deeper. And I think that that show expresses and shows the depth, not even, not to the, I mean, you can go even deeper than what manifest describes because, you know, humans, us with our finite minds, we can only process so much anyways, but it gives a great depiction on the depth of spiritual spirituality we can walk in. Absolutely. Could it be, this is the question to consider, could it be that God was using these writers and these actors to get the attention of the church because so many church leaders have failed in Western America so that we can start to think to be in tune for the times that we are in and that we are going to enter into again? I have to say this. Um, the, the, the last 2020 uh, craziness was a preparation for the church. We mm -hmm. are going to be facing perilous times again. I can right. say that with certainty because guess what? Jesus himself said it, that there will be perilous times and we will go through those perilous times. It talks about it in the book of Revelation. It talks about it in the Old Testament. So I really believe it's very interesting that this series came out in 2018 is when it started. Just before all the craziness started, God saying, McFly, hello, wake up. <laughs> you know, wake up. I am here. I want to speak with you and I want to commune with you because here's the deal. God is good. God wants to save you. God wants you to walk with him. And Jermaine and I can tell you from experience that walking with God is not this religious um, bondage at all yep. in the least bit. 
it's sweeter and sweeter. And the more that I walk with him, the more I want to be with him, the more I want to be in his word, the more I want to hear what he's saying and be in tune, not for my own power. You know, that's, that's the immature stuff. That was the immature Glenn back in the, uh, in the, in the ni- early nineties. Um, it's different. I just want to be a vessel and I want to be where he is. So food for thought, God is speaking through the arts. He's speaking through music. And we talked about that with visions of Atlantis a couple months ago, talking about it here (laughs) with manifest. And I've even talked about it with stranger things. So don't be afraid of these things that you see on TV and, you know, quit living under a rock, you know, see what's out there. What is God speaking? And how is God speaking through these things? Because guess what? He owns it all anyway. Exactly. And he's taking it back. Speaking of taking it back, we got another comment here. We got, um, it's Will. Yes, sir. It's a personal relationship that grows through seasons. Yes. Thank you, Will. Hey, and speaking of growing through seasons, this is our, oh my goodness, seventh season online and on air. Yes. Yes. Seven (laughs) years ago on July 8th, uh, we started and uh, here we are in our seventh season and we are going to be back next week. We're going to be doing some things differently. We're going to be having more conversations like this, but next week we're going to get back to some music uh, and we've got uh, new music coming from West Virginia from six hours for a lifetime. If you haven't heard this band, you need to join us. And uh, Will says, congrats. Thanks, Will. We've been at this a while. <laughs> Hey, and uh, if you're watching us and you're enjoying what you're seeing and want to see more, go ahead to the chat box on Super Chat and go ahead and give a donation to Lithos Cry to help us keep the lights on. Um, this is, uh, we, we don't have any big corporate sponsors or anything like that, uh, even though God did allow us to put on a rock fest in Charleston for three years in a row. Uh, which was which was awesome and Jermaine was a part of. But go ahead and donate. Hey, and other ways, hey, share this edition. Go ahead and share it. We are a monetized channel now. Thanks to our viewers like you. Uh, go ahead and share this. Watch the ads. Don't skip through them. Uh, we got some pretty good ads that are being run now uh, by us. I, I think we kind of worked away from the guy that eats tons of carbs and, you know, is really thin. You've probably seen that ad. <laughs> The guy that has a burn, burn sculpt nation or whatever. It's called. Burn sculpt nation or something like that. Yeah. We, we moved up to some of the bigger corporate sponsors uh, this, this past week I've seen. So it's all good and such a blessing. It's been for our band to be part of rock Yes, Thank you. Will. Hey, Same everybody, man. we're going to be back next Thursday night at 8 PM with six hours for a lifetime for some new music. You got to check this band out. They are awesome. And that's one of the things that I really like doing is promoting bands that a lot of people don't know about, but they need to know about. Like Jermaine's band, Tricord. What are you guys? Where, where are you guys playing next? You got, got any gigs coming up? Um, we're taking a little bit of a break for the next couple months. Uh, we got a couple of like secret shows before October uh, that we're trying to see if we're going to get on or not. That's why we hadn't talked about it. Um, but we got a. Let's see the next. August and September, we're working on our next music video, working on some new music, going to be having one recorded and coming out another single dropping later this year, aside from the one we just dropped back in May. Um, And October, we get busy again. We have almost every weekend in October. (laughs) But uh, Pit Fest is the next biggest thing that we're doing. Nice. Oh, no, no, never mind. Before Pit Fest, Pit Fest is a huge deal, but 
before Pit Fest, we're opening up for the protest in Jacksonville. Okay. Oh, nice. Congratulations. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And Will says he, we, uh, he, he got married over the hiatus that we Woo! were on. He says, we are creating my first heavy metal song, Bucket Listing. And Will, when you do that, we'll have to bring you on. Hey, we are out of time. And everybody, until next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.